Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, the Yankees uh, strike a big blow in the offseason during the winter meetings, land Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox there, and something I said that the Yankees should do a couple weeks ago, if you remember the rumors about Verdugo to Boston for Glaybar Torres, well, luckily the Yankees have to let go Torres, so uh, they kind of still have him in the back pocket if they want to include him in the deal, but uh, do land Verdugo, which again, I mentioned both on here on the podcast as well as the YouTube channel sh- uh, version of the show, that the Yankees should bring in Verdugo and they finally get the deal done. A little surprising there, and of course talks have now reignited with Soto. Uh, looks like the Yankees have you know, stopped their stubbornness and are willing to part ways with Michael King, so this is going to be an episode where I'm going to probably pat myself on the back a little bit, and I was right about Verdugo you know, that they want to go for him, and he would be a good fit here. Make that deal, and of course the Yankees, again, it was up in the air whether they have to include either Michael King or pitching prospect Drew Thorpe in the deal. Of the two, I figured it would be better off to give up King, uh, and it seems like now the Yankees are all willing to let him go in a package to get Soto, and it seems like those talks have reignited again. So I'm a little surprised, again, just because it's winter meetings. Usually, you know, moves aren't really made during the winter meetings. More just, again, there's a lot of negotiation going on. Then once everyone gets back to the headquarters, they analyze and then start making moves. But it looks like the Yankees are already pulling a trigger there. So get into a lot of stuff, and this is why. I know we're in the winter, but a lot going on, so make sure you subscribe to this podcast. I'm right about... 65 to 70% of the time there. So you definitely want to subscribe to this channel there. And of course, go on YouTube. Uh, just released the latest episode. Cover some of the stuff that we already discussed, but some new things in there discussing, of course, Lou Pinnell's snub with the Contemporary Hall of Fame vote and all that. And so make sure you want to uh, get uh, the episodes there as well. So cover all the bases, as I say. So Yankee Strike, uh, get um, Alex Verdugo from the Boston Red Sox and a rare, you know, rivalry trade between both organizations. You know, they do it once in a while. Of course, the most infamous one is Babe Ruth. But uh, you know, it's not the first time these uh, two organizations have uh, traded some big pieces. And you want to look at Wade Boggs back in 1993 as well. So once in a while, they do make a move. And again, it's a move I like. They like Verdugo. You got a bit of a chippy player. He's a left fielder, a really good left fielder. So it's something the Yankees needed. A left-handed at bat with the Yankees needed. Uh, and again, he just has a little bit of a chip, you know, a little chip on his shoulder. Maybe not as, you know, different from Donaldson. I think Donaldson is a bit of a blowhard a little bit. This Verdugo is more of a grinder type player. This is somewhat I think the Yankees need. It kind of comes from that... Boston, Dustin Pedroia pedigree there of, the, of grinders they have up there in Boston. So I think the Yankees kind of lost a little bit of that. That was kind of their marquee uh, in the late 90s. You know, they had what you call grinders. It was O'Neal, Bernie, Jeter, um, and the guys that would work counts, you know, and just kind of foul off pitches and be a pest. Similar to Brett Gardner did uh, for many years with the Yankees as well. Like, he would just make a pitcher uncork uh, 12 or 13 pitches before you get him out. Even if you make it out, you still now made that pitcher waste 13 pitches there. So I think Verdugo brings some of that toughness to the team. So, uh, you know, I think it's a good move for the Yankees. And the fact they did not have to give up Glaber Torres to do it, who's, again, a big piece. Yeah, if you keep him in any place the 2024 season, um, that's great. Okay, that's good. I can live with that. Uh, but again, now you have Glaber as a chip now if you want to include him in any, some sort of big deal coming up down the pipeline. So now the Yankees now have that, um, you know, in, in the back pocket. Now to get him, they had to trade um, Greg Weissart, who we saw last season. Now he was their AAA closer. They called him up and, you know, he was all right for here. You know, but I don't say he's like someone as a keeper. You know, I, I would... Be willing to part Weissert. Now it was Weissert and two other pitches they threw in there in the deal. So um, Bon Voyage for Weissart. I don't know what his upside is. Again, maybe he'll be a Mark Melanson or sometime. So yeah, maybe if he makes something of himself. But I don't think you're really kicking yourself in the pants to let him go. Again, it's kind of like 
used with the argument of letting Michael King go. He's very good. We like him, but he's not Mariano Rivera. I think you could lose King and you could lose Greg Weissart there. So uh, you bring in Verdeo. Now, supposedly, he does come in with a little baggage, which I didn't really know this uh, beforehand, but it seems like you know, he's had some problems with the Boston Red Sox front office. Uh, just you know, a couple of situations where he's caught not hustling. One time he was late to a game last season. So a little immaturity there. I mean, he's 27 years old. He should know better than that by now. I just think, you know, I don't think this is as a major problem. And I think this coming to the Yankee clubhouse, uh, the Yankee organization, you know, I think that's straighten that straighten them out a little bit in there. And you go to a new place there, you don't want to start slacking around a little bit. You know, you come up through an organization, you've been there a little bit, you kind of get a little careless and a little sloppy there. So I can see that happening. But I don't think that will be an issue for the Yankees. Now, where he's going to play is going to be mainly left field. He could potentially play center field. But it seems like the consensus now is to have a judge probably, you know, play a good chunk of time in center field like we saw for the majority of 2022. And Verdugo, again, a natural left field, to play left field. Uh, again, also done well in, in the field there with the glove, you know, saved a lot of defensive runs uh, with, with his play out there in the outfield. So uh, that's probably where he belongs. Judge in center. And again, where with right field now, normally judge would be in right field. But as we see these talks now heating up, uh, with Juan Soto again, so it looks like they reignited the talks. You know, you'd probably rather have Soto out in right field just because it's smaller than left field. Uh, so, and again, Soto's not really known as the best defender there, so it would make more sense to put Judge in center, cover more ground, be a better defender. And then again, right field is kind of for Yankee Stadium. Is, again, that's where you mainly would put someone like, um, you know, Soto, or if you want to give Stanton a day out there, because again, you don't have as much ground to cover there with 314 down the line there. So, uh, it just seems like now they're keeping a place open for Soto there. And, you know, Cashman did mention that. Again, he wanted to bring in two outfielders. That was part of offseason plans. Now, you know, I know the Yankees got Oscar Gonzalez off the waivers there, but it's not really someone you, you make plans around. I mean, that's going to be more of a utility bench guy, kind of taking a shot on. That's not really a solution. Now, Verdugo is a guy. So I'll say check the box there, one down, outfielder down with Verdugo, and we'll see what, what, who the other outfielder is. Either going to be Juan Soto, and if that doesn't work out, maybe they make a play for Bellinger, and or work some sort of trade out where, again, maybe utilize someone like Gleyber Torres. Uh, now, Verdugo is in the same situation as Torres. He's entering an arbitration final year, so same, you're not really on the hook for Verdugo, and if he has a good season and, you know, wants to command a big contract there, and he wants to do it in a Yankee uniform, that's the same argument I make for bringing in Soto here. Even if these two guys walk after the 2024 season, you're not stuck on the with long term, but they have every motivation in the world to put up good numbers so they could get that big contract. So if you get them to do that in a Yankee uniform, that means 2024 could be very special. And then you worry about 2025 and beyond. After that, there's always a free agency out there. There's always trades to be made. So, you know, if those two guys bolt, it's not the end of the world. You know, you're not losing a judge, for example, like that. It's like, it's a little different. He comes up with the Yankees organization. He's your guy. He's your superstar. You want to keep him long term. Same thing with like a Derek Jeter or a Bernie Williams. But if you get like a mercenary type like a Soto or a Verdugo, you don't really cry in your oatmeal if they end up leaving after the season so uh, that's that so as I mentioned before you know, both Boone and uh, Cashman you know uh, finally sp- spoke to the press during the winter meetings now the Cashman is a little bit more subdued again he kind of came up a bit of a tough guy there originally with the, the sunglasses on now he was more of the nerd uh, had the eyeglasses on and kind of mentioned that the Yankees are indeed making a play for Yamamoto so you've been hearing a little bit lately that maybe Yamamoto might be slipping away from the Yankees and then you hear some rumor from his camp that he would like to join a team where at least a couple of other Japanese players there just have a, a buddy I don't I don't think that really plays for you. I just it, at the end of the day it's all going to come down to dollars and cents not uh, do I have someone to talk to there I mean you'll, you'll have a translator you have a friend he has family whatever that's I don't put too much stock in that but it looks like Cashman is set on going after Yamamoto again I have a really good feeling that the Yankees are going to go big I can see them bringing in Soto for the trade there 
and also bring in Yamamoto, similar when they brought in Sabathia, Burnett, and Teixeira, as well as made a small trade for Nick Swisher, but he still was like a small trade at the time. That actually turned out to be a big move as well, because Swisher gave the Yankees some good quality years beyond this 2009 there. So mentioned before, the Yankees finally bending and willing to part ways with Michael King, which uh, you, you've heard it here before on this podcast, and if you want to go to the latest episode that came up on the YouTube channel, I kind of spelled it out there as well, that, yes, it makes sense to conclude King. You know, I know they're trying to convert him for a starter. Maybe he'll be in the mix there for a fifth starter role, but, again, very good as a setup person as well. But, again, not someone, you know, if you have to depart ways with him, it's not the end of the world there. You can always find someone else to get in that role, whether it's a trade, whether someone else like Johnny Brito or Vasquez to kind of groom himself into that role. Or, look, we didn't really see that much of, of Jonathan Loisega last season. So maybe, you know, if he gets himself healthy, then he could be the eighth inning guy. So And he's been successful at that in the past for the Yankees. So not the biggest deal in the world to lose Michael King. I like him. If you keep him, he's great. But to get talent, you have to give up talent, and you'd have to give him up. I'd rather keep Drew Thorpe there just because he's 23, he's under control for a long time, and we don't know what his max potential is yet. We know what the max is with King, and it's good, but we don't know yet what the max potential is for uh, Thorpe, so I'd rather just keep him in the back pocket, and that seems like a good move. And it looks like it's going to take some sort of combination. It'll probably be King, maybe Vasquez, and like somebody else, a package of about three or four pitchers uh, to get him here. And again, I'm fine letting some guys go. Even if they want, they want Clark Schmidt. I like Clark Schmidt. Nice guy. Had a good 2023. Kind of stepped up a little bit. But again, you, you, it's not the end of the world of the party. He's not someone who is, is irreplaceable. So uh, to bring Soto in there, I think that's that's a no-brainer for the Yankees. And also some comments from, from Boone there. Uh, as well, and as well as Cashman. Looks at like the consensus there. They at least start the season. Uh, if they don't make any moves, DJ LeMay, which is going to be, well, you, you knew it was going to happen. And it would be the de facto third baseman. Just makes sense because you have Glaber at second. Rizzo back healthy, hopefully for, over that whole concussion that bizarre concussion he had last season mainly at first base and then you kind of go from there now there's other free agents out there such as matt chapman who the yankees tried to target a couple years ago from oakland couldn't get him and then he ended up uh, going to the toronto blue jays where he's a free agent he's someone that you know i think the yankees may be looking at as well and then if that's the case you bring him for third base and you kind of have dj just kind of floating around a little bit jack of all trades a little dh a little second base a little first base they had to give rizzo a day off but the fact that, you know, unless DJ's hurt or some sort of situation where they feel he's going to be limited, I don't think they make a move for a third baseman. I think they start the year with DJ there just because you have him and, oh, you're paying him and he's there. There was no other spot to put him. So I, I don't think they'll go after another third baseman. I could see them just sticking with DJ third and kind of take it from there. And if he, does, he has a bad 2024 or, or just he gets hurt again or something, then maybe he can make a, a, a midseason move there, make a trade. But I would see him start the season there. And also Boone uh, mentioned that he, he's been in contact with uh, – Call Stan and just he thinks that Stanton is going to have a great bounce back season. He's been whatever he's been doing this offseason. Baboon says that James Stanton's having a great offseason winter. I don't know what exactly he's doing. I don't know. I'm sure he's got a batting cage in his basement or something, but I don't know if that's going to fix things. Um, you know, we obviously has to be hitting over 200 there. So, you know, it's, it's, more, it's more than he's, he's making contact with the ball at home. It's some batting cage. You know, he's got to face good live pitching and be successful there. But, uh, uh, nevertheless, that's the case. And now I just look at this Yan Yankee lineup, the potential of it now. It just lengthens out with the, just with Verdugo here. Uh, imagine if now, if you could also include Soto. I mean, you got a really lengthened Yankee lineup of, you know, someone's going to lead off. We don't know who that is. The Yankees never really have a true leadoff hitter. But the number two hitter, more often than not, is going to be DJ LeMayu. Then you can follow up with Judge. Then you can follow him up with Soto if you could get him. Then you can follow him up with Stanton. And then you can follow up Stanton with Verdugo. And now you're looking at five or six guys. You know, you could switch it up a little bit. Righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Again, that's how you construct a good lineup. And that's reminiscent of those late Yankee lineups back in the late you know, 90s and early 2000s where you had like righty, GD, 
lefty O'Neal, switch hitter Bernie, lefty hitter Tino, then you threw a righty after that. You know, it's lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. You want to switch it up on an opposing pitcher there just so they can't get in a groove and, you know, just used to you know, facing one type of hitter there. So big day for the Yankees. Got a lot done there, and it seems like things are in motion for Soto there. So let's just see. Hopefully that's done sometime soon. And the Yankees will get some other options there. You're hearing some noise about they might consider bringing back IKF as well as there's about 11 other teams also looking at him and the Yankees also looking at bringing back Wandy Peralta of the two I could definitely see Peralta I mean that would be more of the urgent need there you know he was very good as the Yankee in, in the year plus they had him uh, again a, a good cashman move a good cashman trade very valuable them you know mainly goes after lefties but he gets pitched to righties as well and young only 32 so uh, a two-year deal I don't think is out of the realm for him and again you still get him in, in his prime years there and um, you know he can get the ball up there at 95 and he needs to be, but, you know, he, use, he kind of has a bag of tricks. So he's not someone who just relies on velocity only. He can move the ball around a little bit. So I wouldn't mind a two-year deal for him. I think that's very doable for the Yankees. IKF, I don't know if there's a place for him. Man. I would rather him just get a starting job somewhere else and play a lot. Like, if he comes here, he's going to be the same thing, utility. And is there any room? I, mean, I don't know if there's any room for him. I mean, you know, someone could always get hurt. And it's good that he could play almost every position except catcher. Uh, you can pitch, as we've seen, he could pitch and blow out games there. But I just don't think there's room for him. I just rather give some, you know, someone like Peraza the at bats or just some young guy from the minors at bats there. Because at best, he's just going to be a bench player, play like once a week and maybe fill in late inning defense and. I don't know. I obviously don't think there's a spot for him. So, you know, I liked him. He was okay, but I don't think there's any need to bring back ICAF. But I would definitely want to bring back uh, Wandy there. So, that's the big news. Uh, I'm going to call myself Nostradamus for the day, just for the fact that Verdugo's here. I think it was a good fit for the Yankees, and I thought they would make a trade. Just kind of quite surprised that maybe it only took Weissart and two other arms to get him. Just hopefully none of those arms turn out there'd be anything, because then you kick yourself in the pants. But I don't think it would be. Uh, you can't keep Glaber. Um, and if the Yankees go in with 2024, him as the second base, not the worst thing in the world. But again, I wouldn't actually cry if the Yankees do move him in some sort of bigger deal, just for the fact that like he's been here for a while. He is what he is. He's good. He's been a slight disappointment though just because the first two seasons he gave us you know you just thought the potential there might be one of the greatest Yankee second baseman of all time not the case there good player but um not exactly a killer there and so I'm just have some real head scratching moments on the base pads of this past season it seemed like his head wasn't in the game half the time and I know because the team was a little bit lousy and you know things weren't great but still uh just uh, I don't think he's exactly a keeper so I can see the Yankees is at least going into 2024 with him I don't think that someone that the Yankees don't have in the long-term plans just because what greatness has he really given this organization I mean he's put up some numbers but you know, he's not someone you look at as a long-term solution but if the Yankees just want to have him just for 2024 and just kind of take it from there I could live with that as well and then kind of just worry about him around the trade deadline or the end of the season what you want to do with him uh, that's that and of course the Soto trade looming positively for the Yankees they're willing to get part ways with Michael King that my second Nostradamus uh, prediction there so I think we're going to very soon have Soto on the tree maybe shortly before Christmas and again that'd be great for the holiday season catch you next time mm-hmm.